The DNS Podcast. The DNS Podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the DNS Podcast. This week our guest is Dan from Definition Fitness in Wollongong. How you doing, Dan? I'm good, thank you. So, first question, did you train today? Yes. What did you train? I actually went for a run with my wife. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, let's take it back uh, and start at the start. Where did all this, uh, where did definition start for start, and where did fitness and, and strength training start for you? So, I started training back in high school when I yeah, got into to fitness first with a couple of friends and trying to outpress each other on the bench press uh, you know, every afternoon in there when I was about 15. And I was playing soccer, played soccer for about 16, 17 years as a young fella coming up. And um, yeah, but sort of to complement that and then just sort of grew the passion for training, grew um, and ended up working at Fitness First, started doing one-on-one PT. And that was about 11, 12 years ago when I kicked off the journey there. And, um, and then was doing one-on-one PT in the gym at Fitness First and then started to do a little bit of a little boot camp style session on a Saturday morning down at the beach at North Beach there. And it'd be like my, my wife or my partner at the time and my brother and a cousin. And we'd get together and, you know, throw some, uh, some tires around and ropes and that sort of thing. And, and then over time, that started to get a little bit bigger. And then after a few years of that, we had a few members. So we opened up our first uh, gym about seven, eight years ago. Was that where I first met you out there where we did that powerlifting comp? Exactly, yeah. A couple yeah, of yeah. from where we are now. Yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. coming down when you were at uh, CrossFit RevX. RevX, yeah, with Rash. Yep, yep. Yeah, we came down to the novice comp. It was a great day. Right, yeah, I remember that. A few years ago now. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we spent three years in that facility and then, yeah, sort of slowly grew, started off just with a, a pretty basic setup with just you know, a rig and just some dumbbells, et cetera, and then just slowly started to add to that space with a few more machines and a leg press and a preacher and cable machine, et cetera, and then, yeah, slowly grew that and moved to a bigger space about four years ago. We've been in this one now. That place is sensational. I remember coming down there for the Wim Hof seminar. Oh, that's right. With Dan and the boys, so that was Really nice space there. Let's uh, take it back a little bit. You started in fitness first, the traditional let's out bench each other. Where did that lead to things for you? Because I understand you've got a background in bodybuilding as well, don't you? Yeah. Where did that start? What made you want to step on stage? I think from a young age, I just like loved pushing the body and seeing it change and adapt to training and what it was capable of and looked up to you know, a lot of uh, top bodybuilders and even the top trainers that were around at the time seeing the physiques that they could build and how hard they work and how strong they could get. And, um, yeah, I was sort of dabbling in a little bit of bodybuilding and then a little bit of powerlifting and then met some guys uh, who were, yeah, pretty into the natural bodybuilding scene and ended up signing up to do my first prep back in, that was 2015. And, um, yeah, I think I was only 75 kilos or something on stage, but, um, yeah. Shredded to the bone. What's that? Uh, Shredded to the bone, mate. (laughs) Yeah, not much left on me, man. But, um, yeah, just just really enjoyed the process, pushing yourself, seeing what, you know, the body was capable of when you – yeah, you really put it under a bit of stress and pressure, et cetera, because it's sort of, yeah, you see these crazy changes, whether in terms of what you're lifting or what, you know, yeah, physique looks like and um, just fucking fell in love with the process. What's uh, these, your first comp in 2015? Yeah. When was your last comp? When's the last time you stepped on stage? 
2017. Nice. Yeah. And you how was that? that? You finished with that now, Dan, or you want to get um, back into it? Yeah, look, at the moment, because like business has grown a fair bit and now with my son and stuff, family, he's become a bigger priority, et cetera. So I'm not rushing to get back on stage and it's sort of not one of my main priorities right now. Um, yeah, I find a bit of balance with different styles of training, being there for my team, all these other things are sort of, yeah, up pretty high in priority. So competing sort of takes a bit of a backseat, I guess. Yeah, I suppose competing in bodybuilding, that takes over your whole life, did it? You know what I mean? Now you've got yeah. a family and a a massive business to take care of. It's it's hard to to pull your eggs in one basket. Isn't it? Yeah, it gets. I just yeah, it gets so restrictive, man. Like those last few months, you know, where you're it's fucking controlled starvation. You know, the dieting phase of it. Did six months prepping for like the last national show show that I did, and I'd be yeah, like leaving home, walking for doing 20,000 steps a day, training for two hours a day, then coming back to do cardio for an hour and a half on the treadmill upstairs. Um, you know, so it's like, and you just walk around like a zombie, sort of, your no, brain's not even functioning properly because the calories are so low, carbs are so low. So it's uh, pretty, uh, yeah. How did you deal with people going through that, <laughs> especially running a gym like that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually like, yeah, did step back a little bit, man. I had a good manager in place. Yeah. And um, I still remember... I, there were some nights there where I was so drained and, and you know what it's like when you're in that, you don't really want to put up with much. And this was before the gym was 24-7 and I would wait for 9 p.m. when the gym would shut and then I would come and do my cardio then so I didn't have to deal with anybody because oh, it was wow. just blinkers yeah. on, fucking I don't really have time for anything else. I just got to get this done, banging tunes in the thing and just go, you know? Racker, yeah. So. What, what got you through those, you know, a goal is a powerful thing, but... You're talking to other bodybuilders, the the prep those last four weeks when you're completely depleted, yeah, diet so restricted. What got you through that? What what made it worthwhile for you? I think like just having really powerful links. You only know, talk about your why, you know yep. what I mean? So the underlying reason, right? And that being big, and just having really big, strong links in my mind to how it would benefit the business you know the learnings that i would get how it would eventually help my family and stuff that if i was able to do well and, and really sort of um yeah achieve a good result and get a pro card and that sort of thing that yeah it would have so many benefits in other areas of my life etc yeah because um, i don't think you know you drive towards you push yourself that hard and endure you know that much dieting etc to get on stage you know fucking like g-string and, and you know all tanned up um, I think there's something underneath that that needs to be pretty big to yeah, help you push through it all. How did you, you do all your own programming, Dan, or did you um, outsource that or your, no, your diet and stuff? That, yeah, I worked with, um, I've worked with a couple of different coaches, but for my most recent and successful prep was with um, Rawdon Dubois from uh, the Dubois Method. He was at, I met him at Clean Health, and then he was at um, in Red Lift. Lift. Was he at Lift? Lift Performance, yeah. And then now he's working at Prime Fitness, I think. Yeah, nice. Lifts no more, eh? They, there's, they're, they're not operating anymore. No, that's right. They went into receivership, I think, and, yeah, closed down. Apparently, I remember the team saying that they just got a call one day. It was team meeting, and that was it. Boom, shut the doors. Everyone lost their jobs. It's over. Oh, damn. Yeah, they shut yeah, that, found out why. Yeah, that, that was a – because I used to run down there on a Saturday because they used to have all the uh, the Alico platforms, just go and train yeah. on a Saturday yeah, randomly. And I think I trained like even a couple of weeks before that post went on social media. It was gone. Yeah. It was like no warning shots or anything. It's yeah. just – it's amazing how things can just close up and 
and finish, I suppose. Yeah, and it was a good gym, man. Like, they had some good trainers Tracking. there. Yeah, well, I don't know yeah. what the situation was, whether, like, because you look at the equi- equipment, right? Like, it just stacked out with the Leco and it, mm. Atlantis equipment, et cetera. So there's a, probably some huge overheads and outlay and stuff like that and just didn't yeah. work out. I don't know. Cracking facility. Mm. Well, t- since we're on the topic, uh, your first, you had, there was definition, we'll call it version one, your, the old place that Dan first met you at. Yep. To this new place. How have you progressed in, um, you know, collecting the equipment and upgrading it? How do you prioritise what you get for for members? I think like a combination of just getting feedback from members, mm-hmm. um, just trying to keep them happy, etc., and then looking at what, yeah, what we're missing in terms of even look at bodybuilding, like different body parts that we want to train and the types of people that are coming in, whether like an issue, you know, with a few powerlifters, make sure we had a couple of combo racks to facilitate that. So they've got some comp spec stuff, calibrated plates, etc. cetera. Um, and this was even back at the old gym when we got that just to, to support those guys. And then, um, yeah, looking at other really good bits of kit where we can, and it, especially because where we are, like I find there's so many gyms. I think there's like fucking 20 or 30 gyms within a, in a few kilometer radius, anytime mm. fitnesses and type fitness, fitnesses and stuff like that. So I've been like, okay, if I could try to compete with them, you know, or try to maybe separate ourselves at a different level and attract people that might value their training a little bit more and might be willing to pay a little bit more for a membership because they're yep. getting, you know, Watson dumbbells or Atlanta stuff mm-hmm. from Canada or they've got a Lego sheet or whatever it might be. Because um, sometimes I think if there's a lot of players in the game at a certain level and I go in and try and compete with that, it's going to it makes it quite hard when um, – some, you know, you see these some of these uh, 24-7 franchises just like, you know, offering the cheapest memberships that they can. And then if you want to compete with that, it's like a race to the bottom. You know, you just keep discounting and discounting and discounting. Yeah. And, you know, challenging plays. So just looking at all those different things, man. What's your favourite bit of kit? Favourite bit of kit uh, that we've got here? Yep. Uh, fuck. I, I think every say- gym owner's got a favourite bit. So, so I'm looking at that. Is that, is that T-bar over your right shoulder, Dan? Is that a Watson yeah, T-bar, is, is it? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a cracking looking bit cracking yeah. bit of kit um i would have to say like favorite bit of kit to use would be i would say the uh fucking pendulum squat that's down the back there the atlantis pendulum <laughs> yeah it's just like a bit of a torture device you just lock in it nowhere to hide and it's just like boom and i remember i remember being put through my paces on that at an internship up in sydney you know years and years ago and you can just go to absolute failure and just wreck your wreck your legs without risking injury etc so very nice. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you're a, a big fan of education. Um, I've seen, you know, a lot of your posts really informative. Where did that passion for, for knowledge start? I think originally just like enjoying the training side of things and then trying to just filter out or find the principles that drive results so you can sort of, yeah, understand what to focus on, you know, what was mm. the most important thing you need to focus on to build muscle or get stronger or get leaner, etc. Because then like even, um, for example, when I was prepping, right, people would say there's certain ways that you need to eat in terms of having these small meals spaced out across the day. But all I looked at in the back end of that was like, all right, what's the main principle that I need to stick to is like I need to stay in a deficit. So some days I would do a bit of fasting so I could eat a bigger meal at the end of the day to help me sleep and stuff. So I found that once you uncover these principles, it's like you can build programs or you can build uh, results just utilizing the, the principles to suit the client or to suit myself or whatever. And then, 
yeah, just getting, seeing the results from the study and stuff has, has helped me a lot. And having challenges, man, having some big challenges with the business eh, over time mm. with team members and with, um, you know, financial struggles and stuff has been probably the biggest driver to get a bit deeper into personal development as well as like, you know, training development as well. Who were some of your early mentors down when you started with the business and stuff? Who were sort of people that you went to for, for information and to sort of talk shop? I had, um, had a couple of good, like when I went into fitness first, had a good manager there, Lisa Griffin, who helped me with um, getting on board a fair few courses, but that was more training and nutrition focused stuff. Then in terms of, I've got a friend, a good friend of mine, his dad is a very successful entrepreneur and has you know, owned multiple businesses here in Wollongong for many, many years. So he's always been somebody that I've been able to turn to for business advice. Um, but then I invested pretty heavily or very heavily in uh, Kerwin Ray's business program. So I don't know if you know, do you know who Kerwin yeah. Ray is? He's got yeah, a, quite a bit of him. Yeah, so what I did was uh, three-day nail it and scale it. It's like a big intensive over three days. And then you can go into this um, K2 Elite business program. And I did two years inside there with, um, yeah, with that. And it was a, and you would go away every quarter for a weekend away and just do a lot of development stuff, personal and business. And then they would bring in a lot of guest speakers and stuff like that. And so that was really valuable. Um, I saw you, um, didn't you open the show or something? There was thousands of people, mate. Like you're up there. Yeah, yeah actually, that was yeah, pretty fuck, cool. That was you must a, been nervous was, as hell. Yeah, at Star City, there was about a thousand people in the room, man. I got to open the stage for him. But um, yeah, fucking good times. Hey, learn some cool shit. Pretty cool to be asked to do that, mate. Yeah, it was. It was. What's some of the, uh, the, the sort of the key takeaways you got from from these various mentors? Um, I think um, some of the most important things like have been like having a higher level of ownership on myself mm. for the results of the business and the results of um, your life at the end of the day. I remember going into that Kerwin Ray, the first event I went to and I had an attitude around like my team's underperforming. And if only if they would do this, for example, then my business could be more successful where I want it to be. And one of the most powerful things he helped me realize was like, there's no such thing. We had a quote it was like, "There's no such thing as a bad team. There's only bad leaders." So, whose responsibility if they're underperforming? Who gave them a job in the first place? I fucking did. And who has the team meetings with them? You know, who's supposed to be mentoring them? Me. And like, it all just came back to me. So I was like, "Fuck." And like, at one point, it hits you in the face. It's like, "Oh, I'm complaining about other things or other people, but it's really my fault." And, but then also then it's like empowering because it's like, okay, well, if I then work on myself, then I also have the power to change this as well mm. to, yeah, for the better or to achieve what I want. And a lot of that can be taken over into your training as well. Exactly right, man. Yeah, it's easy to, to blame other things, isn't it? It is. So, but that's pretty cool. Let's, uh, let's jump back to training. So you said you went for a run this morning. What's your, your training look like? these days and sort of how did you progress if 2017 was your last show yep. what what were you doing in the, the couple of years preceding that so after that um i dabbled in a little bit more strength training just to mix it up a little bit because i was uh definitely keen to pump some calories into the body so <laughs> i didn't want to die for, for quite a while after that so yeah a bit of been just sort of dabbling between bodybuilding style training and powerlifting, more of a like a powerbuilding style where constantly trying to get a little bit stronger but also build some muscle in the process and then running yeah 
larger gaining phases with like mini cuts, usually once or twice a year, I'll do a mini cut normally um, to try and trim off some of the body fat and, and keep in good shape. Nice. I saw you had um, Aaron, Aaron Kroll, Animal Kid down for uh, some, some workshops yep. before the world went the way it is. Um, are you, are you trying? going to try your hand at a weightlifting comp or have you ever competed in weightlifting? I Get never had that. I never had that. <laughs> Get in there, my friend. Yeah, mate. Hey, PB yesterday, 160, I've seen that. I did, mate, on the cricket nets. Aaron was busy uh, <laughs> talking of Aaron. I was over there last night and he was bowling cricket balls, this poor 13-year-old. Slamming balls round his round his shoulders. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to lug up uh, a PR cleaning oh, something else, mate. He had me in tears last night. Um, but yeah, look, I, I honestly wouldn't mind getting into a bit of weightlifting down the track. I think still got a bit of work to do on the mobility side of things and the skill of it, etc. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking envious and look up to you know weightlifters so much for yeah the skill it it takes to throw weight around that that quickly and overhead etc so yeah i love it man it's crazy to think like you know we know what a wide grip deadlift feels like 180 kilos and a snatch yeah it's like, just mind-boggling to me it really absolutely, is absolutely man you know and there's guys out there doing 220 230 i mean it's it is um it is crazy yeah it is it's absolutely crazy and like sometimes when um we've got people in the gym and we're talking about and they're you know getting into a little bit of ollie lifting and sometimes they'll get frustrated about the you know the technique side of things and challenging and not being able to pick it up straight away and i'm like listen you got to remember this is an olympic sport at the end of the day people train their entire lives to nail these two lifts like you know give yourself a break it takes years and years to uh to master these as well and you get people that after a few weeks like oh this is yeah sack it off yeah Yeah, exactly right How do you deal with that that kind of mindset? The sort of almost the impatience we have in in twenty twenty one when it comes to we've got information and, and entertainment at our fingertips, so yeah. everyone wants instant gratification. Yeah. How do you slow people down? I think um, a lot of the study I've done recently is like looking at understanding individual human values. So the mm. fact that everybody has their own individual set of values, things that they care the most about and then things that they care least about. And it's different for everybody. And I think the challenge comes up a lot of the time when people set goals, they say they want to achieve X, but what they're saying is actually low on their values. They've got all these other things that are more important to them. So that's when that's the case, when they set those goals, they need a lot of external motivation to push them to do everything it takes to achieve that. And they're often when people procrastinate and they hesitate and they um, you know, fall off the wagon constantly because what they're trying to do is usually something they think would be cool to other people or would look good on social media or it'll impress people or you know, it is keeping up with the Joneses, whatever it might be. Yeah. So I think a really important thing to do is look at like making sure that when we set goals, it's something that aligns with the things that we care most about. So it's a priority for us. So we set ourselves up to push through even on the shit days, even when we're tired or sore or unmotivated, we don't need anybody else motivating us. which so comes from within us because it's meaningful to us. Yeah. Um, and that's also where that linking process comes in as well, where sometimes if we want to set a goal, want to learn something, do something, achieve something, etc., that's not directly highest on our values because there's other things that might come before it, whether it be family, business, whatever, then you can do this linking process where you just write out as many things. Like if I achieve this, 
how will that impact my life for the better in the areas I care the most about? And you link it and link it and link it and link it and link it. And you're building up like basically neural hardware in your brain, reasons why you should stick to the plan to achieve it because it's going to give you all these benefits. So you're just trying to bring all of the benefits into the conscious mind and, and uh, yeah, stick them there. That's pretty awesome. cool. There you go, people. You link it. Well, I had a clip, Shawnee, and post that on this. <laughs> that was cracking. That was. <laughs> yeah, so just trying to help people understand that and uh, not beat themselves up if they don't stick to a goal, if it's not really meaningful to them and stuff too. Because I think sometimes, yeah, people beat themselves up and then they go, they build these stories that, oh, I'm not committed or I'm not, et cetera. But it's like, if you if you go into their lives and you look, there'll be other areas of their life that they're highly committed. They'll probably achieve amazing things in some form of study or bringing up kids or whatever it might be. So it's really cool to go in and help people acknowledge that and, and uh, yeah, build up a bit of confidence and not not put themselves down, et cetera. Awesome. Well, what, what are some of your plans for the future, Dan, for, for definition? What are some of the, the visions that you've got in place if you've got any. Yeah, well, shorter term, man, we've got, um, I've actually put in an order pre all these COVID of some, some pretty cool upgrades that we've got coming from the States in terms of some, uh, some kit from Prime Fitness that I love, which has got, have you guys seen the Prime Fitness stuff, which has got this smart cam technology where you can change yep. the point of overload. We've got one piece down the back there, which is like a pet deck and a, and a rear delt machine. So, you know, we're looking at accommodating resistance where we overload the shortened position or overload the lengthened position of a movement. Oh, wow. So you can change the strength curve of the exercise, right? Yeah. It's okay, cool. The machine. It's, it's awesome. So, um, yeah, I think I've got about four or five of those pieces coming uh, in the next couple of months. Awesome. And then we've got – what else? I've got something else coming from another upgrade from uh, from Atlantis. They've, they've brought out a new custom um, – they customised their hack squat machine. They brought in um, the guy from N1 Education, Coach Kassam. And so they got their hack squat machine, which is supposed to be a really good hack squat machine, and got uh, one of the top biomechanics coaches in the world to fully customize it to you know top spec. And I jumped on the the pre order from that, so we got one of those beasts coming in here soon, so we can smoke some legs and do some fucking uh, yeah, some some crazy legs. That, that, Adla- that Atlantis brand is that the stuff that Juju Mufu just kitted his old place out with? I, I recognize the brand name from somewhere. Yeah, I haven't seen. I'm not sure to be honest. Um, yeah, I got introduced to it by Charles Poliquin was a massive promoter of it. He loved it, man. So he, um, yeah, made out of Canada. And it's just, it's really yeah, good quality stuff. So, um, yeah, they've got a, a good hack squad out coming out. That yeah, Prime stuff is absolutely mint. I've seen a, a lot of that on, um, I, I was a big uh, fan of Robin Dale and Lynn Bailey. And I know they use a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. The leg extension, leg curl with the, um, like, three different plate positions. So you're yes. overloading the different parts. Yeah. And yeah. you can strip oh, the so plate from yeah. So you can actually manipulate the strength curve yourself, right? So you yes. can. That's pretty They've cool. Got two, yeah. There's two versions, right? So one, Sean, that you were talking about. You, yep. Based on where you put the plates, it'll mm. change the strength curve based on um yeah where you load the plates on the different positions. But the other one that we've got is just simply because it's a pin loaded machine, but you just got a selectorized machine. You pop it, boom, and you move it, and it goes from like mm. endpoint overload hardest to easiest, and you can make it easiest to hardest. Um, nice. Just by popping a pin, yeah, it's, it's cool shit. Hey, it's like uh, no one else has got it. I saw. Um, have you seen those Kaiser belt squats? Those air air powered belt squats? They're like they're like six grand American. What is it not? Uh, it's not a flywheel one. Kaiser. No, it's done like it's like compressive compressive air, it's like a generator. 
Okay. Um, like the car, have you seen the Kaiser machines, like the cable machines? Yeah, you can yeah, sort yeah. of change the air pressure. Yeah. These things can go up to, to crazy amounts of pressure. Yeah, right. Um, I was having a look the other day, just see what the price was, and yeah, fucking hell. The, what was it, six grand? That's American. Yeah. Oh, well, that be Aussie. I don't know. Aussie At the moment, that would be about eight, 9,000. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right. Not cheap. I still remember when you tried to get a, uh, a quote on the weightlifting platform from Maliko. From Maliko? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a fucking yeah. joke or what? what? What was it? How much was it, Shorty? It was 20 grand. I think it was more than that, wasn't it? I think it was 20,000. Uh, US or something like that. You know, you know, it's like you know, it's like that when you when you get into a little hobby and you're like, oh, I'll have a look at something. I'll get I'll get an Alico competition platform. I got I sent a quote up, got it back. I was like, have a look at this. Shot. I've, I've got the email somewhere. It's yeah, it was astro- It was yeah. The guy still emails me now. Like I still the, the salesman from Alico still yeah. sends me emails. Of course he does. He's hopeful. Yeah, like three thousand dollars. <laughs> hey, the Alico chalk bowl is like three grand. Oh, mate. Yeah, it's <laughs> mental health. Mental prices. <laughs> but yeah, so for, for this place, man, he's like, yeah, upgrades, like we talked about with equipment, et cetera. And then um, just to keep yeah, improving it however we can in terms of uh, for our team and like the systems, the way it runs and yeah, trying to minimize the stress from running it, all these little things that I think you can keep tweaking and improving. At one point, I had plans to like look at expanding to going into a second gym and stuff but then when i really when i really sort of thought about do i actually want a second gym and you know more stress and then like traveling you know half an hour south to a second side and i had a son on the way and i was like i don't think i actually i actually want that like i'm mm. saying before i felt like i literally caught myself out that i was setting goals that i thought would be cool to other people or would look cool on social media it's like oh yeah i've got two gyms but fuck man if you're stressed <laughs> out all the time and you've got less time to do the things you love less time to train less time to spend with your family is it really yep. successful fuck i don't know absolutely yeah so how do you What's, uh um, are you still doing it? sorry shorty are you still doing your ice baths dan i haven't not lately because the gym's been shut You've been getting in the ocean a little bit, but um, I still do breath work pretty much every day, five, six days a week. I do Wim Hof. Yeah, the breath work. That was, that was a great, we spoke about it the other day, that, mm. that experience. I can't, whenever, whatever he had us doing when I was let down right next to where you are there, yeah, yeah. that was quite a crazy experience yeah. when we got into that breath work. But I, yeah. can't, I can't replicate that same feeling. It was almost yeah. like I was weightless. It, it was a crazy experience. Yeah, it's um, insane, isn't it? But I can't, I can't get back in that state of mind. I struggle. <laughs> Have you been <laughs> doing, doing it everywhere? But yeah, no, that that was a really cool morning. And you've got um, you've got a sauna in the gym as well, you Dan. Yeah, we've got a little three-person infrared sauna in out the back there. Where'd you get that one from? That's from Eye Health Saunas. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think it was about seven, about seven grand, and just on a payment plan over a few years and stuff. And um, yeah, and the members you, the members are using that. Yeah, yeah, we get a fair bit of use out of it too. Awesome. Yeah, I love saunas. As I say, because the gyms are closed, I've got a membership over the road here at Livewell um, just, just to use their sauna. Yeah, uh, right. The ice bath and the sauna together. But yeah, they're closed. You good old little Bunnings ice bath, mate. Uh, yeah. Man, I've, I've actually got a little, because obviously we've moved, moved houses now, I've got a little space at the back. I'm actually going to go to get it this afternoon. I want to start doing them again. Uh, but because we're at the apartments underground, yeah, mate, it is cold. When it get when that sun goes down, it's, it's yeah. already freezing. <laughs> um, but the only saving grace is I've got the wall shower here, so maybe I can go. 
yeah. back and forth. Mister, I love yeah, that yeah. trapping, uh, <laughs> trapping water through the carpet. <laughs> that was. Uh, did I tell you the story when I bought their buckets of when I tried to do on their balcony at the old place? And I dragged fourteen bags of ice through the house and it was dripping. dripping. You should have seen my missus, <laughs> mate. She missus, went mate. absolutely bozo, full on <laughs> domestic for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. I appreciate that. <laughs> fourteen bags of ice. I know what your your cold tub is, mate. It's a Bunnings compost bin, mate. <laughs> That's too many bags, by the way. <laughs> 14 in a tub like that. It's, like, it's pure ice. I, I, I yeah. thought I had frostbite. <laughs> Honestly, it's mental. Don't put 14 bags of ice in that fucking water. <laughs> pure ice, mate. Yeah. Come out with like red skin. I was like, yeah, that's too many. Too many bags. Yeah. Oh, dear. No, <laughs> How do you... Um, we were talking about this with a, a guest a couple of weeks ago. Um and how they pick their athletes for their brand. How do you pick trainers uh, for your gym? Is there a system you have in place for hiring someone? Is it based on gut feel? How do you go about yeah. it? So a big part of it, what I've done in the past, a lot of uh, trainers that have worked with us have been ex-members, a few of them, and people that have um, yeah trained here. And what I really like about that is – just having time to get to know somebody and somebody who supports the brand, supports what we're about, is like fits into the culture, et cetera. Because like, you know, you can sit down and go through a bit of an interview process mm. and sometimes people can tell you whatever. They'll, they'll say, yeah, this and this and this. But then when you really see the way they behave or what they really care about, et cetera, um, and probably a lot of times it might not align that well. So I've found in the past, if people have been part of the facility and part of the culture, for a while and I see things that really align with the way we do things, it's really helped a really nice smooth transition where they're, yeah, they're basically uh, invested in the business already. You know, they're, they're happy to train here and stuff like that. So that's been one, one way. And then before remember I was chatting about like the whole value system, yep. just trying to work out where their values are at and whether they align with the business and stuff and whether we can, you know, help them enjoy and get what they want out of working here. And then also the business get what it wants out of them working here as well. And just align those two things. Sometimes when, yeah, they're too, too misaligned, for example, that's where I've had a lot of issues where people, if they want to purely just build their own business and their own, you know, social media profile, et cetera, then that's cool. But I'm like, well, we're trying to build you know, a team and a community. We're all helping each other, et cetera. And if you want to come into this and get the benefit of the facility and the member base and that, um, then we expect you to contribute to this whole team, this whole community. And if you don't want to do that, that's cool. So maybe it's best you sort of go and do it elsewhere. Nice. Yeah, and I'm about to feel those conversations like, and I find tough times sort of bring it out at more, you know, it's going through what we're going through at the moment when things aren't perfect, like when the facility is running awesome and everybody's in here, it's um, easy for people to reap the benefits. But then when times get tough and it's mm. like, fuck, we need to be out in the park at fucking four in the morning, five in the morning, setting up or doing whatever we're doing. And then, then you see maybe true colors come out or, you know, real motives behind there, how, how much people want to be a part of it and stuff. And um, it gives, there's one of the benefits of the tough times. I always try and look for where, the benefits are and I find sometimes yeah these tough times help you really see people's true motivation and stuff absolutely definitely yeah. what's um, if you're not going to go a second second location do you think you'll find a bigger space to fit all these these funky new toys in 
Yeah, fuck. I would, I would absolutely love that. And you know what? Before, so literally a couple of weeks before March lockdowns last year, 2020, if you see over on the wall, over there, there's a second building, right? So this is like an L shape. There's another building which used, used to be a roller door place next door. Yep. And I have the lease papers to extend through there, punch a hole in the oh, wall. Fuck yeah. Another, another 250 square meters of space. And I was about to sign the papers and, um, yeah, and that's when we went into the first lockdown. So lucky I didn't because it was, you know, more overhead and the timing was just bad. But the dream is still to acquire that next door space if we can down the track and, uh, yeah, have some more some more, more space. How big that's- is that space there, Dan? What are you, about 400, 500? Yeah, we're about 400 because the whole – then with the mezzanine, we've got like a, a cardio room upstairs and then a bit of a stretch room and uh, – with um, some boxing and core stuff upstairs as well, and it's 600 total, including the top. And you got a pretty decent outdoor space. Well, it's flat. you got a flat car park, and you got some rigs and stuff outside. You take the stuff outside, don't you? Well, we used to, but my landlord had a couple of issues there where he made me take down. I put this huge rig up, man, this massive uh, – <laughs> yeah, like I had nine squat cages out there and a big double story, like CrossFit Game-style rig and that, but we butted heads a little bit. He made me pull it down, so <laughs> yeah, I haven't got it anymore. Good old landlords, eh? <laughs> so yeah, we've, we've been trying to get some uh, our stairs fixed for the past four years. It's, it's like walking on one of those old rickety uh, bridges you see in films, mate. It's uh, it's oh. like walking a tightrope every time you go up and down them. Yeah, right. And what, it won't help, won't fix it. Nah, but then he, he popped in right before lockdown. He was like, oh, yeah, those stairs. Like, like you completely forgot about it. You know what it's like? You sort of play the game and you know, little things like that, but... Yeah, now we'll never get those stairs fixed, I don't think. <laughs> I'm not we a just sprightly keep man. stuff underneath it, don't we? <laughs> They're literally held up with rubber mats and a Thor's hammer from an old from a comp. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, not good. Oh mate. All right. <clears throat> Have you got a question there, Danny boy, or shall I jump into our our ten? You gonna do because your quick fire? Uh, the quick fire that aren't quite quick fire. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll, Give it to us, Shorty boy. Uh, nothing quick about them. So, so we'll, we'll have to change the name from like the, the quick 10 to top 10 or something. <laughs> I just give him shit, Dan, because he says that he's quick five anyway. We're sat here fucking. They're never quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to give you some quick answers to spare that funny. That's all right. No, you're good, mate. So let's start. Number one, favorite meal? Uh, pizza. Pizza? Was that your go-to cheap meal when you were, you were prepping? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Favourite athlete? Uh, Dimitri Klokov. Nice. Uh, Favourite comp you've ever been to and why? Comp that I've competed in? Yep. Uh, Would it be the national show where I won my pro card down in Melbourne at the Fitness Expo? That's cool. Yeah. Uh, No, go on. Sorry. Yeah, that was a, like it definitely sticks out in terms of, uh, yeah, the six-month prep, et cetera, and getting to that stage and winning my category and then going to the the overall and uh, yeah, coming out with the first place and national title and a pro card and stuff. That was fucking awesome. What uh, category were you in? So I did like men's bodybuilding. Yeah. And initially, yeah, based on height class, they do like a short division and then a tall division. And then I won that and then went on stage with um, with everybody and um, ended up, yeah, taking out the overall as well. So you won my category, then the overall, and then 
Hell yeah. Do you know what was yeah. mind-boggling to me? Is that, is, you know, Rami, when he gets on stage, when he's yeah. absolutely peeled, isn't yeah. he about 140 kilograms? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's huge. That is, that's mental, isn't it? That really yeah, is mental. Absolutely, like cyborg stuff, isn't it? Like seeing these guys, the size they get to and the, the body fat they get to, it's mind-boggling to see and mm-hmm. understand how they do it. The amount of muscle. Because what Dorian, when Dorian was on stage... I think he was around maybe the one, 115, 120 mark, yeah. something yeah. around that. I mean, to put another 20 kilos of muscle on top of that, the same, same height, that's, that's crazy. So you're a fan of Dorian Yates. Hey? I love the stories of him in his bunker gym, just going down there to shadow and just... Mate, I've got, he, did, he did a podcast last week with... Um, I was telling Sean about it. I'll send you the link, but it's brilliant. He was talking about when he did Blood and Guts um, yeah. that he made... He, he shot it in colour and he was like, there's something missing. And he goes, he put it to black and white because he wanted that sort of, you know, that rusty old school sort of vibe to it. And apparently they missed, because obviously he'd work up to a top set to failure for the day on the exercise and then move on. And apparently on, on his back day, they, they missed his top set for one of the exercises. And he was like, oh, you, you've got to do it again. He goes, no, no, you have to come back next week. Because he was so, <laughs> he was so meticulous with his training it was like even like the camera stuff. It didn't matter. He stuck to his plan, and yeah, he had to they had to shoot it. So if you look at Blood and Guts, one of the back on the back day, he's wearing slightly different. Um, no, sorry, his training partner Leroy. He didn't get the memo, so he come down a different kit. Uh, Dory had the same stuff on, but Leroy was wearing different um, different attire. It's, it's yeah. a re- I'll send you the link, mate. It's a really good podcast. Yeah, he would log everything, and like he's like every time he went into the gym, would just focus. I this is what I did last week, so I have to get one more rep or you know push that progressive overload. And yeah, yeah. So his program was all built around getting stronger, Um, and his mindset was, "I'm getting stronger. I'm I'm getting bigger. I'm I'm adding more muscle to my frame." So yeah, he's got a great philosophy. He he, his his lifestyle now. He's he's changed. He's literally gone 180. Um, He's doing like long distance cycling and you know focus, but he's pushing the online stuff now. So we're going to see a lot more content from him online. Um, which is cool because obviously he sort of he's kept under wraps for so many years. He's got so many nuggets, so much good stuff to give us, but he, he sort of yeah. kept it to himself. So no, nah, it's yeah. good. I'll send you the link. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Legend. Uh, next one, where'd we go? Um, I made that. I made that double quick fire, didn't I? <laughs> I that, up. that was my fault. This is your fault this time, not me. <laughs> uh, Favorite, uh, I'll change it for, for the purpose of bodybuilding. So, favorite uh, body part to work out or favorite exercise? Favorite body part to work out would be back. Um, and the T bar rows would be a favorite on, on back for sure. Nice. Can't knock that T bar. Is that got rotating handles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. So in and out, and then yeah, they rotate all the way around, free free movement. So it's really nice. You could just adjust it to body's type and size and get a really good squeeze on it. Nice. I love how excited you get over equipment, mate. Hey. <laughs> and I love how excited you get over equipment. Well, well surely you know first, Dan, I like my uh, my universal handles. I get the old straps from Bunnings, and I and stick them on the <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess my shoulders are like frigging, they're like welded iron bars. It's hard to get any sort of engagement through my back so then those movable handles help me loads yeah yeah they're good yeah <laughs> we've got a uh, a second hand um there's this factory that do uh gym clear outs and fit outs so if a gym's gone under they collect all their stuff and resell it that sort of thing we used to pop yeah. down there every few weeks to check it out yeah. and dan would literally climb on pallets to get to test out a piece of equipment 
So it's like stacked up. I'm just gonna no, 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 hang on. I'll, I'll climb over this. Oh, now this is good. What's the price on this one? <laughs> How's your uh, reverse hyper going, mate? Honestly, I can't speak any. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I can't recommend because usually with a reverse hyper, they're overkill because you know not many people really need to use them. They're a bit of a special bit of kit, and they take a bit of space, um, and they're pretty pretty expensive. But this one I picked up with delivery. I think it was five hundred bucks exactly. Um, it's fold away. It's sturdy as you like. Um, the dimensions fit me perfectly. I, 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 it's, I recommend it. It's really good. That's definitely on the list, on the wish list. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they're not sold out. I mean, they're, it's for the price of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Really good bang for buck. I think like you say, though, it is a specialty bit of kit. And in 90% of gyms, it becomes uh, a table to hold. Yeah. I, I, I eat on mine as well. It's a great stand-up. Stand up work on it, which is so it's multi, multi-purpose. Um, but yeah, it is a bit especially kit. I never. It was one of those where I never would have touched it, and it was only because Adonis Garcilio used to train. I just thought I'd just go on there and have a go with it, yeah. and it cleared up a lot of back issues that I had. I mean, I, I just I swear by it now. But I think it's like Marmite, right? Some people think it's a bag of shit, and some people get on with it really well. So. Um, yeah. Surely, yeah, but the amount of like spinal compression from lifting, having something to decompress that would be beneficial for like, yeah, to yeah. After the right? I can definitely, yeah, that's all. And I'm, I'm constantly in extension because I walk like a duck. My pelvis is like this. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like I can pull myself posteriorly and I can get a nice, I can drive a lot of blood into the erectors, um, yeah. into my yeah. glutes. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, nice, mate. Biggest influence in business and in life? In business, I would say Cohen Ray's been a big one. And then more recently, uh, Lewis Mocker, another mentor based up in Queensland that I've been doing online, like an online mentoring program, a group mentoring program for the last couple of years. And um, yeah, he's been a huge influence in terms of like levels of thinking and yeah, business and what it's all about and different things like that. And then in saying that, the biggest one would be a guy by the name of Dr. John Martini, who's his mentor, who I've done a couple, one course with, but then all the rest has been online. If you ever get a chance to look up his stuff around human, he's a human behavior specialist. Okay. So basically got just constantly dropping bombs about understanding human behavior, why we do what we do and understanding other people and how to set goals that align with our values. And it just, it just fucking it opens up your mind and helps you understand um yeah like different things so he's been huge so highly recommend yeah checking him out nice i'll have a look at that uh i think you might be the first person to give us a real answer for this one three books you'd recommend (laughs) um there's a book called mindset that i find really good carol dweck i think uh wrote wrote that one um atomic habits is a is a really good one um that's got some awesome like actionable items in it around building habits and how to how to stack habits and yeah reduce habits that don't serve you that well etc um another good one i read years ago that i got some little good nuggets from which isn't realistic but the four hour work week tim ferris book and talks about like different automations and systems and how important those things are to yeah, improve work-life balance and different things like that. Nice. What's your worst comp memory? Worst comp memory? Um, when I went to, I went to a show 
in in Sydney in 2015, and I had a falling out with my coach um, just before it, and so he didn't turn up, and I didn't know that he wasn't coming, and so he would normally be the one that would tan me on the on the day, uh, <laughs> etc. So I've rocked up. And, um, yeah, he hasn't shown. And I had to get my missus to jump in and tan me. She'd never done anything like that before in her life. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get on stage there. Like, start tanning. <laughs> like, what do I do? I said, fucking just get it on there. And so <laughs> when, you're stressing out and then you're trying to do all the peaking. So I'm like, all right, I need to have salt 30 minutes till i got to get out there. I've got to start pumping up a bit of red wine. All right, don't miss spots. And we're trying to get the tan <laughs> like, you know, on properly. Because if you fuck it up, it looks stupid. You, you know, you get under the lights and you can see when someone's got a fucked up tan. Um, <laughs> you can't hide up there, you know. Um, yeah, so the stress levels were through the roof and we're fighting and I'm fucking got to get out there. And and so that was a, yeah, an interesting one. But we survived. Are you friends, with- are you friends again now? <laughs> me and my ex-coach yeah 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 yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant fuck it I'm not yeah. turning that you can sort it out yourself <laughs> oh bloody hell that was a fucking interesting one <laughs> alright um, if you could be mentored by anyone past or present who would it be and why I would probably say who I mentioned before Martini, like Dr John Martini, the human behaviour guy Mm-hmm. Um, it just fascinates me in terms of yeah how how understanding it at a high level and um, just how big it is in terms of why we do what we do every single day and choose, make decisions all these different things um, yeah I reckon it's incredible so that I would definitely love the opportunity to work yeah with him and learn more about that human behaviour and final one what's one thing most people don't know about you um. Oh, here's a good one. I don't think I've ever shared this before. See this scar on my face? Yeah. See that? Yeah. Yeah. I got a scar there. So this happened in lockdown last year. I was like struggling a little bit. So I ended up getting on the tequila. I had a big Saturday night on the tequila. Frankly, it's 1942 Don Julio fucking top shelf tequila and don't remember what happened. Blacked out, woke up in the morning, my face split open. I still don't know what happened, but I think (laughs) – I think I passed out and smacked my head on our concrete coffee table. And <laughs> my face, this thing was like open. You could see the skin and stuff. And um, yeah, that's where this bad boy came from. Jesus it was Christ. like drinking myself silly in lockdown last year. <laughs> Bloody hell. How many stitches? Oh, three. Yeah. Lucky hell. Yeah, so still hanging around now. But um, yeah, a few people ask me, like, oh, you don't want to know. Yeah, you don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know because you're not quite sure what to tell them. <laughs> you don't want to know because I don't know. Hopefully we get the Greenwood back open, Dan. That was, that was a lot. I saw you out there. They were good days, weren't they? Oh, mate, what a venue that place is. We, I was going there years ago with, with the boys from school, Sounds on Sunday and some awesome artists, man. I think last time I was there was when um, he passed away recently. The, yeah, Morello. No, I was there. Yeah, I was there that day. Yeah. That's when we saw each other, right? Roger yeah. Sanchez, wasn't it, and all that. Yeah, yeah. What a spot. <laughs> yeah, love it there. It's a good spot. Yeah. I've been getting on the Carl Cox uh, YouTube mixes on Saturday night with the wife. She loves it. some good uh, deep house. Actually, I was listening to a good pod. He did a good podcast with, um, who's the ex-rugby player, Shawnee? Uh, Haskell. England. He, he's got, uh, he was on his podcast. And, oh, the grumpy um, one. Haskell. I think he was the old England captain. The one uh, that nobody likes. Hey? The one that everyone 
Didn't know yeah, got he, with him. Yeah, he was. He's an interesting character. Um, but yeah, Coxie's story. I mean, he's been mate. He's been doing raves. You know, since the late eighties, he was doing those M twenty five raves back home. <laughs> um, you know, he he's seen it all. And has um, he done like six, eight, ten hour sets? Well, yeah, he did. Um, that one at Space, that closing one. I think yeah. it was like it was like a two day thing. I think he had like six hours off in between, <laughs> and then. I've, had, I've I've seen him a few times in space over my beef and yeah, it's, it's different yeah. levels. Cracking. He actually comes to Wollongong a little bit because he's into drag racing and they build his cars here. That's right. Yeah, so he's he moves between Ibiza and Australia, Melbourne. I think he's he was based in Melbourne, but I, I saw recently he's moved because of what's happening with with COVID down here, not being able to do shows. He's actually moved back for the foreseeable yeah. future. I think to. Um, well, they're, yeah, they're all back open, right? I've seen big parties. I've seen Vegas pumping, Ibiza pumping. Yeah, um, they seem to be back to it. And uh, yeah, we're we're still uh, in and out of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. Surely, surely there's hope for us to get out of this soon. If they're over there partying in Vegas or whatever with you know all these cases and we've got a few and we can't... I know. Well, England, mate, when the Euros was on, right, you had, you know, Wembley was, was full of 70,000 people. And they were getting 35,000, 50,000 cases a day. Yeah. Um, so I think what they'd met a vaccination target and the government were like, once we hit that target, then restrictions will start peeling away yeah. and we'll get back to it as soon as we can. So I think the cases are still up there, but they, they, met, they met their vaccination rate, which is obviously what we, I think we're trying to do over here in it. So you had Old Trafford at uh, capacity last week with their uh, 5-1 against Leeds. They're looking good, by the way, United. Yeah. But it was packed, sold out stadium. It's good, yeah. mate. Honestly, when I when um because last weekend when I put the Sunday morning wake up, put the Optus on and watched the thing, it was Sheffield United versus someone. I think it was in the Championship and listening to the fans sing at kickoff. It was like it's mate. It's nothing without the fans. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, yeah, it's nothing without the fans. Yeah. Exactly that roar and the the full stadiums and stuff like that. Oh, it's good it's to amazing. see things yeah, open and people out and about hundred percent. Love it. Alrighty, where can people find you, Dan? Where can they find the gym and where can they follow you? Easiest place to Instagram is probably is um yeah so at definition fitness is the gym one and then mine is at Daniel underscore Knust underscore definition. Spell Knust for them. K N U S T. Oh, sweet. It's, it's phonetic then. Legend. Beautiful. Legend, Dan. Really appreciate it. Thank you so it, much for your time, mate. That was a cracking. No worries at all. Thanks. I really appreciate you boys having me on. It's, a, it's an honor to catch up with you boys and be on the podcast and big fan of your work. So keep up the, the awesome work, boys. Cheers, appreciate mate. It, Dan. Thanks Legend, for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. The DNS Podcast. The DNS Podcast.